You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. First off on our podcast, I wanted to talk about the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, Jamal Adams was sent to the Seahawks from the Jets, and uh, Seahawks had to give up two first-round picks, and McDougald actually was sent over to the Jets. How do you like this, Burke, in regards to uh, Seattle trying to solidify their secondary? Because, you know, their defense was always pretty solid, but last year there was definitely some uh, some issues in regards to being able to cover the pass in their secondary. Um, they weren't able to cover like they have in the past. And so do you think this is going to help them on the back end? Yeah, I do think this is going to help Seattle. Um, I think that this is an excellent trade for Seattle. Yeah, you give up two, you know, two first-round picks. You know, but the draft, sometimes players don't pan out. You can get a proven commodity with Jamal Adams, one of the best uh, players in the NFL, one of the best safeties in the NFL. You know, the Legion of Boom, um, one of the best secondaries in NFL history. And, you know, that strong defensive back, specifically safety play, was a, a key cog in that Legion of Boom. But also, Earl Thomas appears to have affected their, their passing, or their, I'm sorry, their passing game defensively. And so I think that the addition of Jamal Adams is a great addition for Seattle. And uh, I think it's going to be dividends for them. I would like to hear a little bit about your prediction about the Jamal Adams trade. And that's actually why I wanted to bring it up right at the beginning of the show. Because um, back in February, I had a Twitter, uh, I shouldn't say discussion. It, it was started out as a discussion. Then it went into uh, you know name calling. And uh, I was called a retard which I don't like the word retard. But anyways, um, I said that, uh, you know, Jamal Adams was going to be traded from the Jets. Whether it was the Cowboys or not, he was going to be gone by the beginning of the season. And Jets fans got up in an uproar about it and said that I don't know what I'm talking about and that I've been reading uh, too much information from other places and, you know, I read something and think I know everything. And I was pretty adamant about it and I stuck to my guns for man again since february and uh if i ever get a uh, a website on this i'll actually post those up on the website because uh i responded like okay whatever like we'll see it's gonna happen and sure enough you know jamal adams gets traded to the seahawks and not that i'm a spiteful person by any means but the first thing i did was respond to those february tweets all the way back then and said, oh, you guys remember this? I'm just going to place this right here. And uh, Of course, I didn't get any responses. I got one response from a guy that's like, man, I can't believe you kept it, you know, those tweets that long, which I can't either. But, again, when I'm, you know, pretty uh, adamant about something, I, I will give them some credit, though, because I said, you know, this isn't an opinion. This is just what's going to happen. And I was getting a little bit brave on that because it really was an opinion. But I just... I just knew, you know, once that he requested a trade that uh, Adam Gates wasn't the type of coach that was just going to sit there and let him, you know, demand a trade for that long and not do something about it because it was really kind of tearing apart the clubhouse. And so, uh, and you saw that unfold as, you know, the, the offseason started transpiring. So I, when I saw that, I can't say that, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to see Jamal Adams traded, but I was really happy when he did because it kind of validated my my whole belief in uh, that whole situation. And um, 
I really threw all my my uh, my cards in on that. So for it to transpire like that, I I, I want to do a humble brag about it. <laughs> you know, when we were talking about Jamal Adams, a couple things that came to mind though Seattle and how much the crowd plays a role in that defense, and just how with what the you know twelfth man country in the world, yeah, the twelfth man with the country in the world and and is facing you know related to the COVID nineteen pandemic and just how that's going to change the landscape of you know sports as we know it. That's common. Uh, knowledge, but you know, you look at each individual matchups, and you know, we're used to travel to Seattle, and you know, it would be a deafening experience and couldn't communicate how challenging that was. And you know, there's going to be change in that, and, and how it um, either does or does not affect teams when they play. So, just something that comes to mind as we're talking about the Legion of Boom, the 12th man, and Jamal Adams. No, I definitely that's a good point that I didn't even think about, and uh, you know, especially in Seattle with the you know, famed trademarked 12th man that they have up there. Uh, they really take pride in being loud uh, for the Seahawks. And uh, you take that away and you're wondering if uh, that, that communication is going to make a difference in uh, kind of showing Seattle's warts a little bit when they're at home. So. Get in line, soldier. It's time for the Burke and Miz Deeply Classified Quarterback Rankings. Now get down and give me 40. All right, Burke, today we're going to go into the uh, quarterback rankings, and I really think the first two is, is a no-brainer, and you're going to see these quarterbacks on the top of everybody's rankings, but um, we're going to go with the, you know, the top five right now. Patrick Mahomes is our number one, obviously for the Chiefs, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and you know, we, we talked about him earlier in other podcasts, and he's just a really solid player. Um, even when he's, uh, he, you know, he's hurt last year, so he wasn't the top-ranked quarterback. But, I mean, he plays against top defenses and just annihilates them. So I, I don't see a situation where there's another quarterback that can come close. Off-season rumors is that he understands the offense now, finally. And that's scary to think that he did all that with not understanding the whole offense completely. So he's my number one. And... Uh, you know, followed with Lamar Jackson at number two. I, I really like Lamar Jackson. I, I think he's going to have a regression this year, but you can't ignore the rushing yards. My, my only fear with Lamar Jackson is they try to protect him uh, because running quarterbacks get injured more, so there is that injury risk, but then also they might try to prevent that from not running him as much, and so if you take away some of those rushing yards, he becomes less valuable to me. So what are your takes on those uh, those first two that we're talking about? Yeah, the same um, order, one and two. I think Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in the NFL, number one quarterback you want to get if you're taking a quarterback. Um, if you're the first one to take a, a quarterback in your fantasy draft, I think Patrick Mahomes is, um, you know, a premier quarterback, as you said. Um, you know, health, he missed some games last year, going to be healthy this year. Um, played exceptionally well in his return after the knee injury, obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. A very prolific offense, and um, I see nothing but um, you know, tremendous performance out of Mahomes in the upcoming season. I agree with uh, your take on Lamar Jackson. I think he um, really you know, exceeded expectations last year, and I think he had an excellent year. I think he'll have a good year this year, but I, I do see a little less running uh, for him in the upcoming year. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to run when he needs to, but I think there'll be less of the designed runs for him. 
Um, one to keep him healthy, and then two, you know, they have a, a good running game. And you know, the, obviously Mark Ingram with the addition of Dobbins, you know, they, they they've added some depth to that running game, and I can see some focus being placed on um, rushing attack with that, you know, not being focused so much on Lamar Jackson. So that's why I have him moving down um, to number two and behind Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and uh, another thing I want to bring up with Lamar Jackson too is. I'm not sold on his weapons yet. You know, the, the Ravens' offense is designed where they're, they're usually not a pass-happy team. Um, Hollywood Brown's going into his second year. I mean, the jury's still out on him. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be bad, but I don't think he's going to be a focal point, uh, focal point of that offense. And you have Andrews, who's an amazing tight end, but, I mean, you basically have a Lamar Jackson-Mark Edwards connection. And is that... I mean, is that enough in regards to a second overall quarterback? You know, is that enough weapons to, for him to be justified as the number two quarterback? Yeah, I just that's that's kind of my concern with him being number two. Sure. Uh, you know, you look at Mahomes' weapons and some of the other quarterbacks we're going to be talking about, and they you know they just have a ton of weapons. And then you look at Lamar Jackson, and you know where you're banking on Hollywood Brown to make that next step. Outside of Hollywood Brown, who I mean. And, you know, Andrews, you know, he, he proved to be a really effective tight end, but who's there after that? And so I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to design their, their schemes around rushing the ball because, you know, with, you know, Ingram and the way Jackson can run the ball and Dobbins, I just think that's uh, they're, they're going to do more of like a, a tight end package with trying to, to run the ball. And um, so those are kind of my concerns and obviously not enough not to rank him lower than that but sure. um, I just uh, that's why I have Mahomes ahead of him I just think there's a lot more question marks with Lamar Jackson I'd agree he doesn't have a, the same talent around him that Patrick Mahomes does obviously you know a different offense um, but doesn't have the same um, weapons um, that Patrick Mahomes does you, know, you look at last year you know rushing for 1200 yards Again, you know, that's that's phenomenal. That's an amazing accomplishment. Um, I think he's going to be very good, but I think it's going to be hard-pressed to see him repeat that rushing number. And if he's going to have – if that's not going to be offset by the passing game, which both of us feel pretty confident it's going to be heavily run-focused, uh, just doesn't um, justify moving Lamar to the number one position over Patrick Mahomes. I, I will tell you something, though. If he was a running back, I would be drafting him in the first round <laughs> because uh, he's like a running back one quarterback hybrid. So in that regard yeah. – uh, you know, if, they, if I felt confident they were going to continue to run the ball, he'd be up there. Um, moving along to number three, this is kind of a surprise. He, he's not a huge surprise, but he's – I moved him up almost to the top because I really enjoyed his rookie performance last year, and this is Kyler Murray from the Cardinals. The, the offense is designed where it's fast-paced. They, they throw the ball all over the field. He rushes the ball, um, obviously not as much as Lamar Jackson, but, you know – you can expect like you know 450 to 500 yards rushing from him. That's not you know that's not uh, fantasy land for him to do something like that. And he has a lot of weapons around him. He has DeAndre Hopkins now. Larry Fitzgerald's old and not the guy he was before, but he's still an effective slot guy. Christian Kirk is really underrated this year since they got DeAndre Hopkins. And they have you know Andy Isabella who looks like he can take a step. I just really like their squad that they have. And, you know, even adding Kenyon Drake to the backfield, he's, he's not a bad uh, receiving running back. He can take a T-yard pass to the house. And I just see a huge 
increase in production um, from Kyler Murray that you know that's saying something considering that he had an amazing rookie season yeah you know I agree with you that having um, Kyler Murray number three uh, may be somewhat surprising uh, when you look at some of the other players that are after him and obviously those are proven commodities that he's going into his second year but Kyler Murray put up a lot of points as a rookie Um, he's got year two in an offense that just added more weapons like you said with DeAndre Hopkins you know in the system they're going to throw the ball a lot he's going to have a lot of volume and um, again I think rushing you know you're looking at over 500 yards rushing um, at the quarterback position and and you mentioned Kenyon Drake having 50 receptions so there's a lot of weapons and a a high paced um, throwing offense I think it's a perfect mix for Murray to you know, push up on those first two quarterbacks and be the third overall pick and third high scoring quarterback in the upcoming season. I'm actually going to tag the Cardinals offense as the Murray up offense. <laughs> I termed it first for me. Um, I'm going to use it now all year if it, uh, if it comes to fruition. Uh, number four is I have Russell Wilson. I'm not going to talk a ton about that. He's a really good quarterback. He's an MVP-type quarterback with uh, DK Metcalf and Lockett and, you know, the way they use the tight ends. They have a plethora of tight ends that all catch the ball and are, you know, you put Disley in there, you can do it. Olsen's proven that he can, uh, you know, be a productive tight end. Uh, I even like Hollister. He was decent when he was in there. So um, you're saying that you have, you know, uh, Chris Carson in the backfield, even though their backfield's has a lot of injuries right now. I don't think that's going to be an issue all season. But uh, Russell Wilson is just, uh, he's a beast, and I think with the uh, injuries at running back, they're going to throw the ball a lot more than they ever have. And I don't think they've ever put it in Russell Wilson's hands. They've always kind of just said, hey, manage the game. And this year I think it's different. They realize that he's a top-tier quarterback, and they need to open it up a little bit for him, and I think they do that this year. And so I have him at number four right before Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott I have at number five. A lot of people are really high on him, and it's easy to see why. You know, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. People are, you know, there's some late waves for Blake Jarwin at tight end, which I don't see. But uh, I just, uh, a couple things with Dak Prescott that uh, makes me rank him a little bit lower is I do like his weapons. You know, with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, it's almost like two number one receivers. Amari Cooper just slightly outpaces Gallup and targets. And I just see with Ezekiel Elliott being the running back that they're also going to maybe run the ball more than um, they did last year. He's just a solid back. And, you know, Tony Pollard can take up some of that slack too. He's a decent running back. And on top of that, as much as I like their talent around them, and I like Dak Prescott's talent, he does disappear at times. When he's playing a top-ranked de- uh, pass defense, he doesn't always have the production that you want. He's not uh, defense-proof in regards to, you know, if, if he's playing a good defense, you, you still can maybe hesitate to throw him in there. And on top of that, Amari Cooper is the same way. I get that he was hurt last year, and that was a cause for maybe his drop in production, but... Amari Cooper's always kind of been that way. He did that with the Raiders where he just disappeared for games. So I, I'm not blaming that injury for that. Like, that's what you've seen from Amari Cooper. And so 
having said said that with you know seeing disappearing X from both of them at times um, I, I don't feel uh, confident putting him any higher than number five yeah I'd agree with you I have um, also at number four I have Russell Wilson and then five Prescott um, you know Russell Wilson is one of the safest um, you know bets at, at, at the quarterback position a very reliable high scoring player um, so you can play you know draft and feel confident you have a quarterback for the season um, I, I agree with you that, you know, we've kind of all wanted Russell Wilson to be turned loose in an offense to see what he can do. Um, we know Pete Carroll's system that um, is going to tend to be more uh, built off the run and play action. Um, but we anticipate to see, uh, or we hope and anticipate this year to see Russell Wilson open up a little bit. As you mentioned, Chris Carson coming off injury, Richard Penny coming off injury. Um, so it could be the year that we see Russell Wilson um, be able to take that leap. Um, again, the guy that's an MVP candidate in the NFL, great quarterback, and it'd be great to fit in your fantasy team. Yep. Uh, Prescott, um, you know, I have, I think people are high on him as well. Um, I'm very excited about his prospects this year, but I, I feel that Wilson's the safer bet. You know, when you look at uh, Prescott, you know, the receiving options, Gallup, Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, um, you know, you have some great weapons there. But again, I think that the offense kind of revolves around Ezekiel Elliott. And then also you look at, you know, it's kind of his, his progression. He had a phenomenal year last year. But, he, you know, almost 1,000 yards more passing this season than he had in previous years. Now you're going to see some, you know, fluctuations in performance, but it's a significant jump, um, you know, last year compared to his previous years. And I just don't know if he can keep that same pace that he had last year. So, again, safer bet to me is Russell Wilson, and that's why I have uh, Prescott just behind Russell Wilson. Perfect. And I, another thing on the uh, Russell Wilson train is, you know, people are like, well, they have Carlos Hyde. Well, Carlos Hyde's a great running back, but I don't think he's someone that you're going to, you know, with if Carson and, and Penny are injured and not able to go, Hyde's not someone you're going to, you know, game plan ar- around in regards to, we need to give him the rock all day. You're still going to put it in Russell Wilson's hands. You know, Carlos Hyde's a talented player, but, you know, like you said, he's not someone you're going to build an offense around. Is this his seventh team? I know it's not (laughs) seven, but he's not found a permanent home. And, uh, you know, if he was the guy that you're going to build an offense around, you think you would see him have a a permanent location, and he he hasn't. So I agree. Yeah, Hyde's talented, but I don't think that he's going to take away the impact that um, Russell Wilson will have this upcoming season. Yep, totally agree. Moving along to our six through ten quarterbacks, at number six, I have Drew Brees, and number seven, I have Matt Ryan. Uh, The reason why I have Drew Brees is the uh, Saints have a pretty formidable offense. He doesn't have to do a lot. They got Emmanuel Sanders, which I think helps. I don't necessarily think it helps Emmanuel Sanders a ton, but it helps that offense, and just... You know, having Kamara, he's such a, a pass-catching running back. He, you know, he's a threat to take it to the house all the time. And I just really like that offense. And, and Drew Brees is such a veteran quarterback that it's, it's hard to, you know, uh, predict when, you know, all quarterbacks have that fade, but it's hard to predict that with Brees because he's just been so solid, you know, even as, as old as he, as he is right now. Matt Ryan with the Falcons, kind of the same deal. I kind of look at Brees and Ryan as the same quarterback. Matt Ryan... With the Falcons, you know, he has Calvin Ridley, which I really like. I really like what Gage did once uh, Hooper was hurt in the slot. And Julio Jones obviously doesn't need to uh, doesn't need an introduction about how great he is. 
I, I wish he would score more touchdowns. But other than that, um, and you know Hayden Hurst isn't a horrible uh, tight end. I, I know that uh, you know he, he's old for uh, for his for his experience having been a baseball prospect, but. Um, he was outplayed by Andrews, but it d- doesn't mean uh, that he wasn't any good, and he could definitely have a great opportunity here with the um, with the uh, Falcons. So, um, one of the things I wanted to mention about Matt Ryan too is when he's at home, he's pretty dominant, and uh, so you put him in a in an indoor football uh, stadium, and he's going to get you a lot of points. So it's kind of hard to overlook that, and you know he might be rated a tad high for. Uh, for you know most uh, the most quarterback rankings, but I'm just really high on Matt Ryan and just you know his consistency. Burke, what about you? Yeah, you know I have uh, Drew Brees number six as well. Um, kind of going along the lines of Russell Wilson in the sense that he is just a very safe uh, play of quarterback position, someone who's going to put up a lot of points. He's got a lot of uh, great weapons around him, like you said, Kamara, Sanders, Michael Thomas. Um, so I, I expect to see a you know a good solid year from Drew Brees. You know I think last year obviously he had the injury and that affected um, you know points total um, just in the fact that you know missed games in the South and then you know any lingering issues. But still put up 279 points as a fantasy player with missing time. You know I think it that's going to be a, a good year for Drew Brees. Um, Matt Ryan again I think he's a very consistent quarterback just like you. Um, I. As in our podcast about our top two, our top two rounds um, in our mock draft, um, Julio Jones, an amazing receiver. I'm so dumbfounded how they can't find a way to get him the ball in the red zone. They just um, have to throw it up to him. It's like they, they they can't even do that. He's like six four. <laughs> I know. I don't understand it. You know, as as big as that guy is and as athletic he is, that you think he would be a, a constant target in the red zone, and you'll see him down at the four yard line and uh, three safe plays and no attempts to Julio Jones. One of the most maddening things as a fantasy football fan and as a fan of Julio Jones. Um, but, you know, Calvin Ridley, um, you know, Julio Jones, great weapons. And then, you know, Hayden Hurst, I think, had an opportunity to fill um, Austin Hooper's role. Um, you know, Hooper was um, a significant target in that offense. And I think Hurst will, you know, has the potential. He won't necessarily be Hooper, but he has the uh, potential to, to make an impact there. Um, so I'm also hiring Matt Ryan. Nice. And, Here's the here's the spot that probably everyone's uh, kind of wondering about, and that's with Deshaun Watson with the Texans. He's kind of all over the board. People have him as high as third, have him as low as ninth. I'm kind of on the lower end. I have him at eighth with the uh, – and part of the reason is it, it's not necessarily just because they lost DeAndre Hopkins. I shouldn't say lost. They traded him, and uh, which is a travesty. But it's – it's part of the offense too. I felt like Bill O'Brien's kind of a conservative uh, play caller as a head coach, and there's a lot more to Deshaun Watson's game than we're able to see. And with the weapons around him now, you know they they trade they they traded Hopkins, you know, and they have Cooks who missed half the year last year because he was hurt. Um, I'm I'm still not sure he's going to be the receiver that he was. Um, you have Kenny Stills, who's you know has opportunities to be more than a number three or four receiver, and he can't do it. And you have Randall Cobb in the slot, who is you know ancient, and you know you know I thought last year might be his last season, and here he is again being you know signed to to play the slot. And 
you know, Will Fuller, who I actually really do like. I think he's a great receiver, and he could definitely take over that number one, but he's hurt every single year. So you get the two to six games out of him every year. Like, is that enough? So it was really it was a really hard evaluation at that point. So I, I really put Deshaun Watson at number eight, and uh, I, I just can't see him can't see him being any higher than that. And be, right behind him, I have Matthew Stafford with the Lions, and this is a little bit high. It's kind of the opposite of Watson, where Watson dipped. Stafford, I put up there a little bit higher than most people, and. You just got to look at the weapons. Like Galladay, seriously, should be in number one receiver conversation a lot more than he is. And then you have Marvin Jones, who's almost like having another number one receiver. And, you know, you have Dan, Danny Amendola in the slot. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had, you know, week one was amazing and that was it. But there's some weapons there for Matthew Stafford. And he had a great rapport with them. He was actually, I think, a, was a, like the number two quarterback overall until he got hurt. And then they had to play, you know, the likes of David Blau and uh, Jeff Driscoll. And um, I just think that, uh, you know, you put a full season of that with Matthew Stafford in that offense, and the Lions offense is a lot more uh, uh, formidable. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Stafford to me is a – I don't have him ranked in um, this group right here, um, but I think Matt Stafford's a a very good quarterback, has a lot of weapons. I think a lot of the – how he's going to perform is depends on the health of Hawkinson. Um, I think that tight end position is, is a need for this offense. Um, but, you know, going to my rankings after, um, you know, Matt Ryan, um, I have Deshaun Watson. And um, this is one I debated quite heavily, which is a pick that I, you know, with another player that I know you did not mention, but I have Deshaun Watson at eight. Um, you know, I, a phenomenal quarterback, um, you know, pretty old top fantasy quarterback, but a concern of mine is is the weapons around him. He's an incredible athlete, um, you know, a prolific passer. I think he he can fare well with lower tier options at the receiver, but I just think that ultimately is going to bring his numbers down and too much going to be asked of him in this in the running game. You know, his concerns about the durability of any quarterback that is, is running a lot. Um, Will Fuller, as you said, you know, one of my favorite receivers as well, um, but does struggle with injury history and the other concerns of receivers. I just have to push him down to number eight. Now, um, this is where I really had a lot of internal debate on this is Deshaun Watson versus Tom Brady. Um, I know Tom Brady did not have the go. Um, yeah, he did not have, you know, the, the season that we anticipated, um, you know, last year, and there's concerns about. You know what he can uh, do. You know as a quarterback, how he can perform in the field. But I will tell you that he's probably one of the most intelligent quarterbacks in the game. Understands the game, understands the system, and utilizes his weapons efficiently. And I could make an argument he's got some of the best receiving options in the NFL right now. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then you have tight end O.J. Howard. You have Cameron Gray. You have um, you know um, Rob Gronkowski. Um, so I, I think that there are some great weapons around Tom Brady. Andrew Sarians is a, is a coach that likes to throw the ball a lot. And when we look at last year, and you have Jameis Winston, um, you know, 30 interceptions, but still, he put up 371 fantasy points, 5,000 yards um, passing. That's something that, yeah, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's going to have 5,000 yards passing, but I see much less turnovers from Tom Brady than what we saw with Winston. And what? a guy that's going to throw the ball a lot with great 30 weapons. interceptions? So, you don't think Brady throws 30 interceptions this year? 
I don't. So you know, I have I have Brady at uh, number nine. That's not a bad play. I, uh, you know, Arians likes to throw the ball, and uh, you know, Tom Brady's being compared to Joe Montana in regards to when Montana went to Kansas City at the end of his career. But Montana actually had a, a really good year for Kansas City when he went there, and uh, I kind of see the same for Tom Brady. I, I don't, uh, I'm not as high on him in regard to you know all the hype. I do like the fact that Tom Brady's going to be passing the ball a lot more. Uh, the offense will be more opened up for him, um, but I do have concerns with you know he's he, ancient. He's what what 42 years old, um, and I just feel that. You know, there, there are signs of him maybe slowing down with the Patriots. Belichick might have seen that. Obviously, I, I understand they're, you know, Patriots not signing him. Um, but this is going to be, I think this is a boomer bust pick. And so I think there's a lot of controversy around it. It's either going to really pan out for someone, they're going to get a bargain, or they're going to get a bust. Sure. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for, you know, we're talking number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about some strategies when you draft quarterbacks. Um, you know, but I, I'm going for a boom with uh, Tom Brady, and uh, he's 43. Okay. 43. Okay. Well, thanks for correcting me. Interceptions is nine, so you know I, I'm hoping for a little less than 30. Maybe he'll throw 28. That's still an improvement, right? No, I, I agree, and uh, I uh, I like Brady too. And I'll be honest, I'm actually rooting for him now. He's not part of the Patriots. I just hated the Patriots, and now that he's somewhere else, I can uh, I can root for the guy now. I have the same feeling. It's it's an odd feeling, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes me cringe. Like exactly, it makes me cringe. But and it, it's kind of funny because uh, you know Tom Brady goes to uh, Tampa Bay, so it's the the TB to TB. Um, at number ten, I have Josh Allen for the Bills, and it's about where he's going in drafts. I I like Josh Allen. He's not accurate by any means. His deep balls really need to be more accurate. But, I mean, he's still a young quarterback, so I think that can improve if he gets, you know, builds the chemistry with, uh, uh, you know, John Brown. And I really like the the, the uh, trade for Stephon Diggs. I think that really helps their offense. And I just I, – I like the weapons that they have that Buffalo created. And, and I'll, I'll – Tell you something, if if the Bills don't take this division, they're never going to take the division because now's the chance for them to do it. But uh, I also like the fact that he runs the ball. He actually cut back on that, and I think that was part of the disappointment with him last year was he wasn't getting those rushing yards. But he has the ability, and he's you know he's like a tight end running down the field, so he can take some abuse. And I just think that he, you know, last year was kind of a like a learning uh, experience for him. Um, they're going to be able to mix the pass and the run a little bit better. And now he has more weapons to go to with Beasley in the slot and Diggs and uh, John Brown on the on the outside. I, I just think it's uh, – and, again, Singletary, he's going to be the main back, and I think he's a way better pass-catching running back than Gore. You know, Gore's been around since Leather Helmets, and Singletary adds that explosion where, you know, he can, he can take those short passes for long games and – uh, that's just more exciting for that Bills offense. Yeah, I, I have uh, from the last um, one in, the, in this group of five, I have Allen as well. Um, you know, again, I, I agree with you. A lot of weapons on the outside. Um, you know, a quarterback that can run the ball. Again, you know, we talked about 500 yards rushing. 
Um, some of the other quarterbacks, Kyler Murray being one of them, he's got the same rushing, or you know, 500 yards rushing for Allen as well. Um, you know, nine rushing touchdowns last year. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Allen has uh, a little bit of potential this year, and, and I think he is a right pick here at number 10. Yep, and with Josh Allen, um, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he's improved his accuracy, I'd put him in probably close to the top five. But his accuracy is so horrible that I, it kind of bogs down the offense at times. And um, he's still young, so I think there's room for improvement. But if he can get his accuracy down, he's going to be a really good quarterback. So, you, you know, these next couple years are going to be really key for him. Sure. All right, so we're ready through, uh, with our quarterback rankings, 11 through 15. And I think starting off with uh, number 11, I have the uh, Eagles, Carson Wentz. And the, the reason for that is I really like the weapons around Carson Wentz. Uh, Alshon Jeffries hurt again, and you know he might not start the season. Deshaun Jackson, uh, he's, he's a really good receiver. He, for this one game that he played last year, he was the best receiver, and then he didn't play anymore. He's back, though. So I think that uh, you know he, he's a great weapon to have for the Eagles. Goddard and Ertz are over there at tight end. Miles Sanders uh, turned out to be a pretty good pass catching running back, and, and Boston Scott actually turned out to be a pretty good pass catching running back. And so there's there's a lot of weapons for Carson Wentz. Um, and I think last year with the injuries that they had at receiver, when you're throwing to Greg Ward and uh, JJ Arcego Whiteside as a rookie, um, I, I think a lot of his, his, you know, a lot of his uh, numbers he could have had were diminished uh, because of that. And so th- I have him at 11, and then at 12, I have an AFC East cohort in Daniel Jones. And some people think he's going to have a breakout this year. Some people think he's going to be a bust and he's not going to be able to duplicate his rookie year. And I don't see it. I think he has a huge season. You look at his weapons, I really like Slayton. I like Tate in the slot. Golden Tate is was uh, amazing once he came back from his suspension. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's a, a pretty solid receiver when he's not hurt. And, you know, he got Saquon Barkley. And he's one of the best running backs in the game. And he's another one that you can just dump it to and he can get you a lot of yards. So uh, Evan Ingram, I'm forgetting about him. And it's, they're just all these weapons to go around. And his big uh, – the, the thing that really held him back last year was him fumbling the ball so much. I mean, I'm trying to remember how many fumbles he had. I think he had like 20-something fumble losses. Or, it was ridiculous. And uh, as a rookie, I, I – you know, you, you go through those spurts where, you know, Peyton Manning threw like 28 interceptions as a rookie year or something like that. So – I, I think it's kind of a progression like that where he's just going to get better and with those weapons around him he's going to be really solid and he you know if you can get him at the end of the uh, you know at, at the 12 at the end of one of the starting spots then uh, you, you could do a lot worse than that what do you say Burke yeah you know I um, I have Carson Wentz at um, 11 as well um, he's left the world pick um, as far as quarterbacks um, you mentioned all the weapons he has at at his disposal. Um, you know, he also has the rookie Jalen Rager. And uh, I think that, you know, a, a prom, very promising young receiver. And so just additional weapons around Carson Wentz. Um, Archie played um, through 16 games last year. 
um, was able to stay healthy, um, you know, had um, 4,000 yards passing, 27 touchdowns. I think he's going to have a big year again. So I think uh, Wentz is a great pick at number 11. Um, 12, I, I have some similar thoughts about Daniel Jones, and I'll get into those, but I don't have Daniel Jones at 12. I have him at 13. And this is where I have Matt Stafford. Um, you know, we had a little bit of movement and where we had Stafford, but I have Stafford listed as 12 overall um, quarterback in the 2020 season. Um, to talk about uh, Daniel Jones, I'll just move on to my 13 and, and your 12, Daniel Jones, I think, um, you know, has tremendous upside. You're right, did have a great deal of fumbles. Um, you know, you look at Peyton Manning his rookie year, and I'm not trying to say that Daniel Jones is going to be Peyton Manning by any stretch, you know, but, uh, you know. His, nope, you heard it here first. <laughs> Lock uh, it in. Track that. Uh, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, I meant to say Eli Manning. Uh, yeah, but you know Peyton Manning had a lot of uh, interceptions as a rookie. Obviously, Daniel Jones had a lot of turnovers. I, I think that that'll improve um, this this coming season. And you know, one thing that, as you mentioned, just the weapons that are out there. Hopefully, Sterling Shepard can stay um, healthy. Um, I'm high in hate. I'm sorry. I'm high in Slayton as well. And then Golden Tate. And then one thing that's really intriguing to me is Evan Ingram, now with Jason Garrett there, because Jason Garrett tends to use the tight ends a lot. If Ingram, I think, you know, he's been a, a very solid tight end, always been on that cusp, but we thought he'd have a little more of a breakout. He's battled some injuries, but if he can stay healthy and paired with Garrett, I, I can see Daniel Jones and that system really highlighting uh, one of the most talented tight ends in football. Um, so I, I do think Daniel Jones is poised for a, a very big year. Yep. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Jalen Rager. I was hoping to keep him on the hush because he's my favorite rookie receiver. I just think he's, you know, with Alshon Jeffrey being hurt and um, uh, Deshaun Jackson, we're not, you know, sure about him yet. He, he's he's always hurt, but uh, he's supposed to be back. I just uh, think Jalen Rager is going to come into the Eagles right away and just get a lot of targets and really be a, you know, on top of that, he does kick returns and everything else so I really think he's a valuable commodity for the Eagles and uh, that makes me excited even more for Carson Wentz having those extra weapons and going on to number 13 you mentioned Daniel Jones well I have your old boy Tom Brady old man Brady and uh, think something we didn't mention when we we're talking about Brady is I also like the fact that you know he, he likes to go to the slot receiver and, and Tampa Bay didn't really establish one too much. I mean, they used uh, Godwin in the in the slot quite a bit, but um, they they drafted Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, and some people were really high on him. Some people weren't. And I watched some of his film, and I'm really high on him. I think he's a, a great receiver, and I think he can come in there and take over that slot position for Tampa Bay. And since Tom Brady likes to to have that spot, so you you put that on top of Gronkowski, and you even have OJ Howard still there. Uh, you, you know. Brady's been known to be able to use multiple tight ends in an offense. So you add all that up, and I'm high on Tom Brady. I know 13 doesn't seem like I'm high on Tom Brady, but uh, the, the one detraction that I mentioned before when you had him ranked was just you know his age. He didn't look like he could make the deep throws anymore. And I'm wondering you know him throwing the ball so much, if uh, he's going to be able to stay healthy uh, like he did in New England because I think New England's a better offensive line. And um, 14, I have Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers. And I didn't want Roethlisberger this high, and he's always a guy that kind of sneaks up in my rankings a little bit because 
there's all these guys I'm excited about. And then I look at my rankings and I'm like, damn it, I have Ben Roethlisberger high again. And if you're able to get, like, you know, you wait on a quarterback when you're drafting, which is, you know, a strategy that I recommend, a lot of experts recommend. If you can get, like, a Roethlisberger Brady or a Daniel Jones Brady at the end of a, uh, at the end of, you know, towards the end of the draft where, you know, you're, you're getting the, uh, the leftovers of, of the star quarterbacks that are drafted, that's a pretty good tandem to go into a, a league uh, with and to start the season. And Roethlisberger's kind of on that cusp there, I think. You have Dante Johnson, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who had a horrendous year, but I definitely think that was due to quarterback play. He, he, he flashed some great, uh, you know, he flashed some ability still, but just uh, I think he was one of the worst receivers in accuracy on his throws to him. And uh, on top of that, you have James Washington, who's really able to battle for balls and had a, a he actually led the uh, Steelers receivers in receiving yards last year and uh, quietly. And, you know, they drafted Chase Claypool, who's a, a monster, and they added Eric Ebron at tight end with Vance McDonald. And so I just look at all those weapons Roethlisberger has now, and I can't see why he he shouldn't be, in, in, at least in the top 15, at his position. Yeah, I think uh, Roethlisberger, you know, one of just the you know, kind of just a solid quarterback. He counted on putting up some pretty consistent points. One of the things has always just been the health. Um, one of the concerns um, that I've had with him is just the health. Obviously, coming off a significant health injury last year. Um, obviously, hoping for the best. He does have a lot of weapons around him. Um, I anticipate a little bit of a, back, a bounce back year, of course, for the Steelers. And um, with having been Roethlisberger back under center. Um, this this is the round as you talked about it. Or this position here is that um, this is where I think you start looking at. You know, you're not just drafting one quarterback. When we were talking earlier about drafting Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, I'm I'm in favor if you're going to draft a quarterback and you get one of those top tier quarterbacks that you draft one and you don't draft another one as a backup, you pick up one for bye weeks. Now I think we're mm-hmm. in the tier here. We get to this 14, 15. I think that's where you're starting to get. A Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to take a flyer in another quarterback because it just doesn't bring the same security that a Wilson or Prescott's going to. Um, so I also have um, – Ro- actually, I have Roethlisberger in my next group of five, but I have Roethlisberger um, at 15 here. Um, 14, um, I'm still going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers obviously is in a little bit different system, doesn't have near the weapons um, that Ben Roethlisberger does. Um, you know, more of a, a run-focused game, but I still see, as far as putting up passing yardage, I, I trust Aaron Rodgers to be, um, I, if I'm going to take at 14, I'm going to take somebody that I think has a, a bigger upside. Now, and I see Aaron Rodgers have a little bit bigger upside than Roethlisberger, but I do have Rodgers, I'm sorry, Roethlisberger at number 15 overall. Nice, and you're right. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, so, it you know, you could do worse than ending up with Aaron Rodgers in your draft. That The talent is still there. And um, that's, that's, I think both me and you have them a little bit lower than a lot of other people, but um, I think that's a great spot for, for an Aaron Rodgers coming into this year. And at number 15, I'm kind of going all in. It's kind of another surprise. I have Drew Locke for the Broncos. I'm hearing all the bad things about him this year, and the Broncos are going to run the ball with Melvin Gordon and try to protect him. and. Elway didn't draft all these weapons 
for Drew Locke to hand the ball off to Melvin Gordon. I, I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a great season, but, I mean, you have Noah Fan at tight end. You have Jerry Judy. You have K.J. Hamler. You have uh, Cortland Sutton, who's, I think, going to have an amazing season. I think what held him back was he was the only option. And, and I mean, if you still have, as a fourth receiver, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, I think that's, you know... And we're forgetting uh, what... Uh, Patrick, uh, Tim Patrick, right? Right. So, so there's some guys there. And, uh, I think Philip Lindsay, you know, he's, he's a good pass catching running back that can make some plays. And I think now that he's going to be used in his change of pace role, that benefits him a little bit better. This is an explosive offense and it's really just for Drew Locke not to mess it up. But, you know, you look at his last five starts, he looked like a legitimate quarterback that could, you know, and and he wasn't flashy by any means, but he was a f- efficient and effective. And I want to see that efficiency with the weapons that he's going to have this year. And I just expect, uh, you know, him and Daniel Jones are my two favorite second-year quarterbacks coming in that I just think are going to light up the NFL. And so if you can get a Drew Locke after you've drafted, you know, maybe, you know, Matthew Stafford or Josh Allen, I think he could end up being your starter by the end of the year with just uh, his capabilities. Yeah, you know, I talked about, you know, my 14 and 15 being uh, Roethlisberger, I'm sorry, Rodgers and Roethlisberger being in the 14 and 15 spot. My next quarterback, which is right on the the position here, is Drew Locke as well. I'm really high on Drew Locke this year. I think he's going to have, um, you know, somewhat of a breakout year. Uh, I think it's an offense that you see that they're going to spread the ball out. They tend to use three wide receivers, you know, with, as you said, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, um, you know, and obviously Noah Fant was a pretty promising, um, you know, tight end, had a, a pretty strong rookie year, which is hard to do at the tight end position, mm-hmm. and just the other weapons around. I see, you know, they're, they're trying to keep pace with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and if you're going to do that, you're going to score, you need to score about 35 or more points to to, to win that game, so I, I'm going to see this as a, I see this as a high, um, you know, high-paced, high-scoring offense that's going to throw the ball around a lot. So, you know, if I'm drafting, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or a Roethlisberger, if I end up taking those, I'm surely going to try in the next opportunity. If I get Drew Lock there, I'm going to take Drew Lock. I would not be surprised if the end of the year Drew Lock ends up being a starting quarterback. Uh, I agree. I think he looked really good at the end of um, his um, season. In there. fantasy. Um, and, well, Starting quarterback, oh, starting quarterback in fantasy. Yes. <laughs> Just want to clarify, I, we, I know what you meant. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, again, I think he could be a starter in fantasy. But, you know, look at his last four games. I think he, he played pretty well as a rookie, showed a lot of promise. I had small sample size, but 80 points over that period of time. You know, you predict that out over season, and that's a pretty significant uh, year. Um, no guarantees he would have had that, but a lot of entry, a lot of weapons. Um, this is a player that I'm, you know, completely ecstatic if I end up drafting. I again like to wait for a quarterback unless one of these top tier quarterbacks fall to me early. But um, I'll definitely wait to round ten or eleven to draft the quarterback, especially if I can get Drew Lock in that position. No, for all the hate that he's getting this off season for him, you know, people aren't being excited about. It. I don't get it, and I actually think that, uh, you know. Me and you are the first ones to kind of go out on a limb and just say, yeah, you need to trust Drew Locke this year. He's going to be good because I don't see that uh, happening actually anywhere right now in the fantasy football community. Yeah, I think you, like you said you and I are much higher on him than I love other people. 
Moving along to number 16 in our quarterback rankings, I have Ryan Tannehill at 16. And, you know, he, he didn't pass the ball a whole lot, but he was really efficient. And that's the thing is I know his efficiency probably is not going to last into this season. Um, but, you know, 22 touchdowns. And then I, I like the fact that they used him in the running game quite a bit. So he had a lot of rushing yards. And that was kind of the, the deciding factor for me. Like any quarterback that's rushing, I'm going to put a higher value on them. So, uh, you know, having to throw to A.J. Brown and then having uh, John New Smith, who I'm really high on, I definitely just feel that uh, Ryan Tannehill, although, um, you know, he, he didn't pass the, the ball a ton, I think they do maybe a little bit more this year. And he scoots up a, ahead of some of the other quarterbacks in these rankings because of that. What do you think, Burke? Yeah, I think Tannehill uh, obviously had a, a great year, career year for him last year. Um, I do see that they might have to pass the ball a little more. I think that um, they'll continue trying to rely on Derrick Henry. Um, but I see this year that you know defense is going to be so focused on Derrick Henry. Not that it's easy to stop him, but I can see a little more pressure being placed on Tannehill um, to throw the ball this year. So. I don't know if um, you know we're going to see 22. Uh, or, I'm sorry, um, you know 22 touchdowns that uh, he had last year and only six interceptions. But I definitely will see some increase in the yardage. So um, I think that um, he's in my next group of five. I don't have him at 16, but I think that he'll uh, he'll be a solid player for the 2020 season. Yeah, and I definitely see. You know, he was at you know 27, 42. So I think he at least moves up to you know possibly 3,500 yards passing and uh you're right i think they're gonna uh really uh force tennessee to to pass the ball stopping derrick henry and seeing if tanny hill can can beat him so uh, he's gonna have a lot to prove you know, I'm, I'm really high on aj brown um you know i think as a <laughs> rookie he played should have played well and showed a lot of explosive plays um and and could take a, a next step in, in year two so he definitely has some talent around him um, just like you said, Jonas at the tight end. So um could be a big year for Tannehill. Yep, and, you know, when we move into receivers, we'll talk about it. But, you know, of course, Davis is still there. And, I mean, he hasn't figured it out, but he definitely has the uh, the size and um, the, the the skill to do it. He just is really not consistent enough to uh, to be a factor. But if he can uh, turn it around, he's, he definitely, you know, it, it could be a weapon for him. Um Going on to 17, this is where I have Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. And this is really low for Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. People might think I'm a little bit crazy for it. I just think that the Packers went into the season hell-bent on running the ball. And that's why they didn't draft a receiver. That's why their only main weapon, really, in the passing game is Devontae Adams. And, uh, you know, they, they have a... A slew of running backs with uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and then they drafted uh, A.J. Dillon. And he's been getting rave reviews in camp, uh, mostly by just, you know, he looks like an NFL running back, which I guess if you're a running back, that's not hard to do. But I just think that uh, he's going to get some of those goal line carries uh, in the offense, and they're going to go to more of a tight end, uh, two tight end set. And they're going to be a ground-and-pound team, and it's going to really take away from the opportunities that Aaron Rodgers has. He only passed for 4,000 yards last year. He had 26 touchdowns. I think those touchdowns go down, and I think those yards go down. 
which, you know, 4,000 doesn't seem like a, a ton for Aaron Rodgers. So to say that they go down from there, I just really feel like, uh, you know, that they're going to try to play good defense, run the ball, and kind of take over. You know, they saw what the 49ers did last year and, and incorporate some of that. Yeah, I have, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers at 15, so that's where I had him at 15. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think that, uh, you know, more of a, a run-focused team, but I still think that, you know, you can do some damage with um, Devontae Adams, um, Alan Lazard, and then Aaron Jones as well. I, I still think that, you know, when we draft Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, I have 15, you have him 17. I think those are the right, um, you know, picks to draft him or right positions to draft him. I think we just have to change our mindset that, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers from a few years ago that's going to be the number one, two, three, you know, um, top three quarterbacks. But, um, you know, he's he still is a very solid quarterback to have um, in the you know, 15, 16, 17 range. Um, Someone come in as a, a second quarterback and is going to put up consistent numbers, um, albeit not what we're accustomed to seeing with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so going back to my 16 and 17, so 16, um, you know, this is where I had Drew Locke, and I went into Drew Locke earlier about where, you know, all the upside that um, I see with him and the weapons he has in offense. My number 17 pick is actually um, Jared Goff. I'm sorry, 17 quarterback is Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is a quarterback that, you know, throws the ball a lot and is going to have a lot of options. Uh, Robert Wood, Tyler Higby, um, you know, still some weapons around him that he could be a productive quarterback. And you know the volume's going to be there. Um, you know, when they're already talking about a running back by committee, um, you just see that it could be a, a, you know, kind of a spread out type offense. And so I think that Jared Goff, again, he's not, you know, a, a first round or I'm sorry, a top 12 quarterback per se, but I have him at number 17. I think he's going to bring a lot of value at that position. Yeah, that's actually a good call on Jared Goff. You know, we'll get to that. I have him a little bit lower, but uh, uh, he definitely has the weapons. And, you know, I, I think you want to take Drew Locke higher. I, I know you want to. I think you're being <laughs> modest with the uh, rankings. But, uh, no, it's it's a good spot for him. I, I went a little bit high on him, and so you have him in, in a good spot. But, uh, I, again, I'm high on Drew Locke, so that's a it, it's a good uh, – you, you, basically what I'm saying is you, you want to get Drew Locke as your second quarterback. Um, yeah, I think you take him as your second, and then, you know uh, – with high hopes that he turns into your number one. Um, you might, especially if you're in a keeper league, if you can get him later in one of your drafts, that's something that you can you know, build your team around in the future. So um, as we've talked about, you and I like to draft quarterbacks late, and Drew Locke, and, and, and in my case here, and Jared Goff as well, I think would be a, a great mix to do so. Perfect, yep. And uh, 18, I have kind of a, another one that's – actually, I, I need to stop saying that because these next two – the uh, next three out of the four are, are ranked kind of higher than than a lot of people have them. But at 18, have Teddy Bridgewater, and it sounds asinine to have him at 18. But I really like the weapons around him. It, it's kind of funny that, you know, Cam Newton can never get weapons for their offense, and then he leaves, and then they kind of load the offense with some more weapons. Um, DJ Moore is a great receiver. I think he'll actually be better with Bridgewater just because Bridgewater's a more accurate passer. You know, you, you throw negative five yards to Christian McCaffrey, which I guess would be a run at that point, but, you know, he, he could take it to the house at any, you know, any time. He's, you know, one of the best backs in the NFL. And then 
I, I like the, the, you know, with Matt Rule there, they're, they're getting um, Robbie Anderson, and he's familiar with Robbie Anderson, and, you know, you have Curtis Samuel as well, and you put those three together, you know, you, you talk about the receiving core, you're not that excited about it, but when you talk about those names individually, they're, they're kind of sleepers that can, besides DJ Moore, obviously, they're, they're kind of players that could produce more than where they're drafted in this uh, upcoming draft. So I think overall you look at the Carolina Panthers and they're going to have a more efficient offense. And I think their defense is going to be so bad that they're going to have to stay in the games and have to score a lot. So I I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he'll surprise people in, in Carolina. Um, it's interesting that you have Teddy Bridgewater here. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm – Big fan of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, what he's overcome from an injury standpoint, um, to still be in the league to be very productive, I think uh, hats off to him. Um, one of a you know, impressive individual and quarterback. Uh, you know, I say um, I don't have him this high. Um, I, I think that he has all the potential that you um, have a big year, just like the line has a, a great deal of weapons around him, like Sidney Gibbard, Chris Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I just don't feel as confident of how they're going to use him just yet. Um, uh, I think that, uh, plus my favorite quarterback on the Carolina Panthers is uh, P.J. Walker from the Houston Roughnecks from the you know, <laughs> XFL. Um, I'm but, rooting uh, for him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am. He, he'll be my last round pick just just, just for sakes. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has the potential to be uh, very productive this year and has a lot of weapons. As you said, I'm just not quite sure how they're going to use him just yet. And, um, you know, the other thing that I have – some concern with is obviously he had a, a very um, you know, productive rookie year, looked very promising, and then suffered the uh, that uh, you know horrific injury that he did. And uh, by no means was he the same coming after, but who would with that type of injury? Um, he looked like he's rebounded with the Saints, um, but my question is: is that the Saints system and and Sean Payton more than it will be Teddy Bridgewater? I just need to see a little more before I can take him this eye, But um, I I can understand what you have break where you do. Well, I'm not, I think that was a polite way of saying you disagree with me, which is awesome because uh, we need some disagreements in these rankings. And well, <laughs> this is where you're going to disagree with me. And I said it was interesting that you have Teddy Bridgewater here because I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to take a quarterback that was once in Carolina and now um, with the New England Patriots and Cam Newton. <laughs> um, for many of the same reasons, and I, 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 I know some of the things you will say in response. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a high risk, you know, um, you know, pick here that, uh, you know, a little earlier than where he maybe deserves to go. But if, if he pans out in a Josh McDaniels system, more or less, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, I think Josh McDaniels will find a way to use a mobile quarterback, um, you know, to be productive as a runner, uh, but then also in the passing game. You know, it's. Um, Cam Newton has obviously struggled um, with some injuries over the last years, and there's questions of whether or not he's healthy. So this is why I think that's a high risk. Um, you know, but uh, I think he's going to hear reports of him being a leader in the locker room already. Um, I think that Cam Newton will be the quarterback in New England. Um, Julian Edelman has definitely, um, you know, Joe Harry as well. So he has some weapons around him. It just a matter of him being healthy. So I'm going to go ahead and take the, the high risk, high reward pick here and go with Cam Newton. So I need you to tell me why this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. No, uh, I like Cam Newton. I think he has high upside. My biggest concern with Cam Newton, the reason why I have him ranked pretty low, a, a couple things. I like him as a talent. 
I'm worried if he's not able to to run the ball, it really takes away from his productivity. You've seen these seasons when he's able to be a running threat. Uh, he really you know, dominates the offense. He's not an accurate passer, so that kind of you know play action and then his option of being able to run and pass uh, brings guys open, I think, in, in the offense. With New England, obviously Bill Belichick will design plays that are going to suit Cam Newton, so you know, there is that, but uh, that concerns me with him not being accurate and not being able to run. I think that could, you know, show that he turns out to be a bust. And then my other issue with Cam Newton is it comes back to his health. Is he going to last a full season? Jared Stidham, they seem to be really high on and want to give a chance to. So are they going to be patient with Cam Newton if he starts off on a slow start? With uh, the COVID situation, there's not a lot of time to get people ready. And I worry about new quarterbacks going to new systems. I guess you can make that argument for Teddy Bridgewater. But with uh, Cam Newton came even later to New England, you know, it was, what, in the last month? So it makes me worried about, you know, if he struggles out the gate, if they turn to Jarrett Stidham and then he ends up not even being the, the guy anymore. So those are my two big concerns. But, you know, if he's a Cam Newton pre-injury, He's going to be a steal at that spot. So you really could look at it two ways. Hey, I think of this, you know, to me, it just comes down to his, his health. Um, you know, that if he can stay healthy, because I, I, I trust that Josh McDaniels um, can, you know, can uh, build a system around him. You know, knowing that he drafted Tim Tebow, how much he wanted to have a mobile quarterback, he just unfortunately had one that couldn't throw the football. So, you know, now he's got another shot at it, which, uh, you know, well, a much better quarterback. Tim Tebow's defense, he could throw the football. He just couldn't throw it well. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All NFL quarterbacks can throw it. How accurate, is, you know, is another question. Uh, well, at 19, it's, uh, there's another person I've ranked that's a little bit higher. And he passed for 3,000 yards last year, had 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But this is Sam Darnold. And before you laugh about having Sam Darnold at 19, the reason why I have him there is because Adam Gase, as much as you can hate the guy as a head coach or offensive uh, genius, um, with you know, you look at him without Peyton Manning, he really hasn't done a lot. And he's really, he, you know, tore apart the Dolphins, he's tearing apart the Jets. Um, but he likes to pass the ball, and he doesn't like to use the running backs very often. Running backs can be effective sometimes in that offense, but they're not very productive over the long haul. I just think that they're going to be passing the ball like crazy. I like his tight end options in Griffin and Herndon. I like uh, Perriman being over there. Uh, Jamison Crowder's a really great slot receiver, and so I think... You know, Le'Veon Bell's a great uh, receiving running back. So you look at what he has around him, um, you know, this is his chance to take the next step. And so he, this is the year kind of make or break for him. He's either going to take that next step or he's not going to be replaced. And I just, for some reason, feel like he's going to be uh, productive enough to stay around in New York. And so for that to happen, he has to be a top 20 quarterback at least. So I have him in the at 19. Yeah, I think um, you mentioned um, a few things about Sam Darnold that stuck out to me. Um, you know, one thing that I think some question marks I have is just you know, 
the weapons around him, losing to Robbie Anderson. Um, now, you know, able to get Mims in the draft. Um, you know, Chris Herndon, I think, is a tight end that, um, you know, we all thought he was going to have a great year last year. Suspension and some injuries derailed that season. But he's got some good uh, weapons around him. I, I, again, Gase can um, design offenses, throw the ball around. I think uh, Donald's a solid pick. I, I don't have him in this group here, but um, I can see where you're high. I actually am going to a little bit of a, I think, a, a, you know, maybe maybe I'm on trend here of just doing a little, some of the higher risk um, draft positions here, or court, uh, draft picks here, but I have Baker Mayfield as my number 19. Okay. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield had a very uh, promising rookie year, um, struggled quite mightily last year. Um, you know, with that being said, um, you know, still put up you know, 273 points of fantasy, um, you know, showed some, I don't know if it was overconfidence or, you know, the system just didn't fit for him, but he, he, he struggled. So they put up a, a quite a, a few points for this late of a quarterback. Um, I, you know, I think that there's hopefully a little more maturity that comes with him next year. I think at additional weapons around him, I think Austin Hooper is another uh, solid pick. They've continued to build up on that offensive line. And um, I think you're having a coach that's coming in to, to run a system. Now, granted, it's going to be more run-oriented, but I think the play action would be beneficial for Baker Mayfield rather than what they asked him to do last year is, you know, stand back and just sling it all over the field and be the, you know, be the guy to carry this team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's because unrealistic for Baker Mayfield. Those 21 um, interceptions were brutal. Right, absolutely. You know, so I think that uh, you got a coach that's going to come in and build a system and not necessarily try to be Baker Mayfield's best friend. So I think that uh, this could be a year that you could see, you know, some improvement and uh, a little more of, uh, you know, back to, um, uh, I know I say better expectation, better performance than what we, we saw last year. That's it's not too bad. I, I agree on Baker Mayfield. I think he's not going to have the, uh, you know, he's not going to be throwing the ball as much as he did, but he's going to be more efficient and effective with that running game. And you're going to work around that. So I, I can definitely see that. And, you know, I'll be bringing that up here soon. But uh, uh, number 20, I have your boy Jared Goff that you had ranked a little bit higher. And I like Jared Goff, you know, to be honest. I could see him beating the guys I have, you know, ahead of him, even all the way up, to, you know, ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He just has weapons around him. He is what he is. Like, he, he's not – he's a game manager. He can work within the offense and be productive in it. So I, I think he's a safe pick wherever you get him in the draft. So if you're looking for that consistency and, you know, knowing that uh, he, he's, he's not going to be one of the top quarterbacks, but uh, he's going to be productive enough to give you, you know, be consistent enough to win, then he's your pick. And with the Rams, you know, you're right, the running back by committee they're going to have, they're, they're going to have the option to have three wide receiver sets or two tight end sets with Everett and Higby. Um, I, I, by the way, Reynolds, I, I don't like as much on the outside. You know, he, he's more effective in Cooper Cup's slot position, but obviously you're not going to take Cooper Cup away from that when they're in three wide. So I actually like Van Jefferson uh, to take over Reynolds' spot on the outside when that happens. I think he has bigger upside. Of course, he's a rookie, so time will tell. And yeah, Jared Goff just has a lot of weapons, so there's there's not a lot not to like about him. I think he can cut down on his interceptions. Uh, he, he was better with that earlier. Last year, he, he struggled a little bit. But yeah, if he's able to cut down those interceptions, he's going to be really uh, effective. Yeah, number 20, um, 
what I have is, um, and we've kind of already gone through it, but uh, a right tackle. Um, that's who I have as my 20th pick. You got number 16. Um, so, you know, different position, but uh, similar inside as to where we have ranked it, uh, where we did. Yeah, and we basically have a smorgasbord of the same people, just in different spots. So we're we're pretty consistent in the range that they're in. Number twenty-one, I have Joe Burrow from the Bengals, and he's a rookie, so he's hard to uh, predict on his season. I just really like the weapons around him. When you have uh, Adam Tate is like your sixth receiver, you're in a pretty good spot. I mean, AJ Green, I think, is going to come back healthy and be the number one receiver. You have Tyler Boyd. I really like T. Higgins. He was one of my favorite receivers in the draft. Uh, I don't like their tight ends. I mean, you have a bunch of blocking tight ends with Sample and uh, Azuma. But Mixon, I think you can use him in the passing game more because he can catch the ball. They just didn't really throw it to him last year. And, you know, Mixon's, uh, I think, one of the best backs in the NFL. Uh, he just has to, happens to play for the Bengals. So there's a lot to like there. And... You know, if they if they create an offense where he doesn't have to win the game for them and he's just a, a part of that offense, I think he can have a real productive season, and I think he can get past that 4,000-yard mark as a rookie. Uh, I think that's his ceiling. So I, just, I think the big question mark on him is if he's able to cut down on the turnovers as a rookie, which is hard to do, but uh, he, I, I, I like his potential. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Burrow's got a ton of weapons around him, like you said. And, um, you know, Zach Taylor, Bill Callahan, you know, it's uh, offensive lines there. I think they could see, um, you know, necessarily ain't going to translate to wins, you know, in Cincinnati, <laughs> but I definitely could see a lot of points being scored. And uh, yeah, even if it's coming behind, all, all points come up in fantasy football, whether the team wins or not. So I think they agree with you. I think they're going to try to really focus on Burrow and have him turn the ball around, and, and he has a great deal of, of weapons. So, um, I, I have him similar rank, but I have him 22. Um, where I have 21 is I have Teddy Bridgewater. So this is, uh, again, you know, I'm a little bit lower than you have him, but I have uh, Bridgewater 21 and then Burrow uh, 22. Nice. Well, and, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, uh, Joe Burrow and, you know, Zach Taylor. I, I just, I like Zach Taylor as, you know, the way he designs offenses. He, he can adjust. Uh, you know, with the way he's mixing early on, it wasn't working, and then you know they adjusted the schemes, had more uh, blocking tight ends in, and uh, had lead backs at point at some points, and he re- became you know really productive. And so uh, there's definitely potential there. And, and then obviously Teddy Bridgewater, we don't need to talk about, uh, and I don't need to talk about 22 because I have Baker Mayfield there, and uh, we. Like I said, I think he'll be more productive. I think he goes over the 4,000-yard mark. I think he cuts down on the interceptions. He'll be more efficient. He won't have, you know, the 534 uh, attempts that he had last year. I think he, you know, it'll decrease dramatically. But that will be a good thing for him. And so I, I can see him getting a lot more, like, red zone touchdowns off, you know, to the tight ends and running backs and um, just being a part of that offense. So... I really like Baker Mayfield at the 22 spot. Uh, 23, moving along to, I have Kirk Cousins for the Vikings. And I hate having Kirk Cousins in my rankings at all, but he has to go somewhere, unfortunately. And I don't think he's necessarily a bad quarterback. He's just a really boring quarterback. So he only had, he doesn't turn the ball over, but they don't 
really pass the ball very much. He only passed the ball 444 times last year. Uh, he had about 3,600 yards passing. And with that running game, you don't really want to pass the ball that much. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins has a huge contract. His contract's bigger than his fantasy football relevance. And, uh, you know, I, I just think he, he has some talented people to throw to. I like the draft pick of Justin Jefferson, even though he's better in the slot, which the Vikings don't really run a three-ride receiver set, and uh, Thielen's pretty dependable, so I I think Thielen will have a big year this year with Stephon Diggs gone, but, you know, there's not a lot to like in Minnesota, and I, I can see, I don't think his stats will get better. I don't think they'll get worse. I just think they'll stay where they are, and that's really what Kirk Cousins is at this point. Yeah, I have uh, Cousins at 23 as well, so we have in the same position. You know, I, I think for even over the receivers, I think that um, articulated well what, what the strengths they bring. Um, Jefferson had some entry. Um, Dillon is solid, but I do think that uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph, that's a run-focused um, team, um, but that play-action is something that that program is built around. And, you know, to have Kyle Rudolph, Thielen, Jefferson, I, I do think you have a decent amount of weapons. But, again, um, as you said, 23 is as high as I want to go with Cousins if I have to have them at all. <laughs> exactly. And, and at this point, you know, that's if, like, every fantasy football team has two quarterbacks. Like, you're okay. digging into the Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfields of the world. Or, at 24, have Jimmy Garoppolo. And... Uh, <laughs> I am not high on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a decent quarterback. He reminds me of Brett Favre in a way. He's a decent quarterback. He's not really <laughs> fantasy so relevant. Why, What's why aren't you high on him? Because... I hate Brett Favre. Why you Brett Favre? But. Well, you, if you remember <laughs> Brett Favre, he was always a great quarterback. He wasn't a great fantasy quarterback. Sure, absolutely. So that's what I mean by Garoppolo. I think he'll be effective with that running game. I mean, you have Coleman, McKinnon might come back, he might not, but you got Mostert or Mostert. Um, I just think you have, you know, you're going to run the ball, and why would you not? And even the receivers, Debo Samuels, um, Brandon Ayuk, uh, those guys are really good with the ball in their hands, and so 49ers do a lot of those receiver sweeps and, you know, screen passes and things. So I just think they're a run-oriented football team. And so, sure. you know, it doesn't matter. You know, Garoppolo almost passed for 4,000 yards last year. I think that kind of stays the same, too. I, I 27 touchdowns was a lot last year, and I don't think he matches that. So... I really feel like last year was kind of his, not his ceiling, but around his average between yards and touchdowns. He's going to have less touchdowns, maybe a little bit more yards, but it's really, that's what it is. They're going to be running the ball, and George Kittle's obviously a big threat, so, you know, he just signed that big contract. you got to like Kittle, but I, I don't see the 49ers throwing the ball all over the field this year. No, I, I don't either. Um, I think if you had Debo Samuel, I, I may feel a little bit, different, you know, um, but now you got Ayuk and yep, that's about what you have, you lost Emmanuel Sanders um, do, you know, at least that's what you have to watch. Jalen Hurd, who's making waves in camp, but, you know, he was a rookie last year and he was hurt all year, so you don't know what you can expect from him. Yeah, Jalen Hurd has, has the potential to be a, you know, a special player for San Francisco, but, you know, 
still a lot of questions of, of what it looks like and, and to rely on you know a second-year player and then a rookie uh, wide receiver um, I, I just don't I don't feel that that good about uh, Garoppolo either in fact um, you know this is where I would I'm gonna actually take uh, Dermot Minshew here in this position uh, the reason I have um, Minshew here is just for the fact that I think he's gonna have a lot of volume um, I think he's gonna have to throw the ball a great deal to, to um, you know, to keep in the game where Garoppolo, they're going to be run focused. I can see Minshew throwing that ball over the place. Uh, you know, had a pretty darn impressive year last year. Um, but, you know, the, the concern is he'd have a big game and then disappear. Um, and, you know, that's something that we don't want to see this upcoming year. But I can see with the weapons he has, you know, DJ Shark, uh, Shark is obviously a pretty good receiver. And I, I can see, uh, you know, uh, a lot of volume for Minshew and something if I'm going to pick up a bye week quarterback, sure, I'll put Minshew in, in the starting lineup. No, I, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about Minshew. I like the guy. I think he's a decent quarterback. Fantasy relevance is still out there. It's just going to depend on, you know, how they use him and what their offense looks like. And, you know, I had Darnold last year as my bye week quarterback. I would pick him up and start him and, you know, he had some good matchups when I played him, and he did awesome. And I think Minshew will kind of be in that same boat where he's always going to be available to pick up, and if he has a good matchup, he's worth the play and, and can be a pretty productive quarterback with his weapons. So um, I don't have him anywhere near there, though. So um, it's just because of Jaguars. Op- but, you know, in Minshew's defense, too, Jaguars are probably going to be playing from behind because they don't look like a really good football team, so that means more passing opportunities for him as well. That's what I'm looking at, you know. D. D. Garbage time. <laughs> garbage time TDs. Yeah. yeah. You know, gar- garbage points um, win in fantasy. Yep, they um, count, just the same. I don't the expect same. the Jaguars to be anywhere near the playoffs, um, or even, in, even remotely close. Um, but I'll take the volume of uh, what I see as pass attempts for the upcoming year, and that's why I have them there. But, you know, almost everyone here, at least the way I'm looking at it, these are bi-week pickups. Um, I'm not going to be going in the draft thinking I'm going to target <laughs> exactly. You know? Well, um, you know. these are these are these are. I got a bye week player. I got Drew Lock on a bye. I got you know um, Tom Brady or Josh Allen on a bye, and I need someone to have a matchup. Um, you know, as a matchup quarterback, and this is this is where I'm at in this range here. Yeah. Well, you know, in in Gardner Minshew's defense, I my wife would definitely probably hire him as a pool boy or a landscaper. Uh, he has that vibe about him. So, the next one, Derek Carr, I have at twenty-five for the Raiders, and I would actually put him higher because he—I like his weapons, but my my big issues are rookies, and there's not a lot of practice time. And this is kind of his make-or-break year, and so if he was really going to make it this year, he would—I think he's going to have a really uh, amazing year. I just don't see that happening. I think after this year. Derek Carr doesn't do very well, and they move on from him. So I'm just expecting kind of a dud season from him. Um, you know, having said that, they have Waller, they have Tyrell Williams, they have Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. I think will get more uh, opportunities in the passing game, and uh, I think they'll cut down from Jalen Richard. But uh, Edwards, by the way, Brian Edwards is when I do my dynasty. Uh, when we talk about dynasty, he's definitely one of my top rookies, which is crazy because he's going undrafted everywhere. I think he's going to end up a starter. He's actually already starting over Rugs right now, 
in the three receiver sets. I just am not high on Derek Carr. I don't think he gets it done, and I don't think he can. You know, he's going to be Gruden's guy. So you wouldn't be doubling down on Derek Carr is what you're saying no, in Vegas. No, <laughs> not, not, not going to do it. <laughs> At number 26, I have the Washington football team quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. And the reason why I have him here is because people are ready just to bury him after his first couple starts, and he was really horrible. He was benched for a while, but then he came back, and he wasn't too bad for a rookie. I mean, Washington's offense was horrible. They weren't able to move the ball very well, but they were really young, and he only threw seven interceptions all year in his nine starts. So as a rookie, throwing under one interception a game is pretty relevant. And I think a lot of the bashing for Dwayne Haskins was uncalled for just because of the fact that he was a rookie. And Again, you look at his progression from when he started to what he looked like and how he finished to what he looked like. I think there's some potential there. And with Washington, I, I like you know, some of the, the people that they have there. Terry McLaurin, I think, is a star in the making. And you know, uh, Steven Sims, he's under the radar. No one's going to talk about him. But I'm in love with him. Like when uh, Trey Quinn was playing the slot... He was like a five-yard catch, get tackled, plotter down the field at the slot position. But when Sims came in there, he kind of broke the offense open a little bit. And he was a playmaker. So I actually think he has a sleeper value. You can get him at the end of the draft, and he could be a pretty productive receiver. Kelvin Harmon blew out his knee, so he's not going to be there, uh, which is pretty unfortunate. But, uh, you know, Gandy Golden from uh, Liberty, he's uh, making waves and – uh, is a pretty good receiver, and he could uh, potentially be another weapon for him. They're just going to be really young, though, so that's why I have the low ranking because, you know, they're going to take a couple years to put it all together. But I'm I'm liking uh, what's going on in Washington right now. I, I think you give them a couple years, and they can uh, 
they're they're onto something finally, which is t- it's hard for me to say for Washington because they're notoriously just a bad football team. Yeah, I, I have uh, Haskins uh, a twenty-seven. Um, so just one more position after you. Um, I think he, you know, is someone that could have a you know productive year. And I think, like you said, he's got a lot of he's got young talent around him, some um, potential around him. Um, McLaurin, again, I agree with you. Uh, star in the making. So he's got a very good weapon at the wide receiver. Um, he did um, improve with his play throughout the course of the year. Um, so I think that you'll see Haskins continue to improve. And, um, you know, I think that uh, Ron Rivera is the right coach for that team. And, and I, I think you're going to see some improvement with Haskins. And I think one thing we, we need to remember, too, that I think it's important when you're a young quarterback that you have a veteran behind you to be able to support you. Um, to kind of help mentor you. And I think he's going to have that with Alex Smith, at least it sure appears mm-hmm. that way. Um, so I think that that could benefit him and his progression. Um, who I have at 26 is a Garoppolo. And we spent some time earlier talking about Garoppolo, but I have him as 26. Nice. Yeah. And, again, we're about one or two off in rankings, which is uh, to be expected. And another thing really quick on Dwayne Haskins, too, is I really am liking Antonio Gibson from Memphis, that rookie running back. He's like a receiver, running back type guy. And with Geis getting cut, I really think they're going to use him all over the field. And I'm not comparing him to Christian McCaffrey, but use him in that mold where he's like a receiving, running threat for the Redskins, and you know, to compliment uh, old man Adrian Peter uh, Peterson. So... Uh, moving along really quick, I have Philip Rivers after Haskins, and you know all the stuff you said about him. I like him. He threw for six, uh, 4,600 yards, just threw 20 interceptions, and, and that's kind of my concern. Uh, watching him last year, he looks, not that he's done, he just can't make those throws that he was able to make, and um, he, he thinks he can still, and that's kind of the problem. So he's, he's going to throw for a lot of yards throw it all over the field he has weapons he just can't make those throws that he used to and so that concerns me and I think for Philip Rivers it's going to be you know one of those things where he carries the Colts and is able to utilize those weapons and they're a good team or it's the opposite and he just is done and uh, quickly takes the Colts out of uh, playoff contention no valid points um yeah said that I have them a little bit higher um, than you do, um, but uh, yeah, not something I'm going to feel real confident about picking up as a quarterback, or even rostering for most of likely someone who's just going to be a bye week pickup. But um, you, I, I personally think we'll have a better than anticipated year. Um, you know, where I have uh, for our next pick years, I have a uh, Sam Donald. Uh, we went through Sam Donald earlier, and um, you know, that's I have him as my 28th overall quarterback in this year's draft. So. If you're put him at 28, basically you're saying that he's not going to be the Jets' future starter much longer. Well, I think he can be the future starter, but I don't know who's going to be his future coach. Um, <laughs> you know, I can see Gase being gone, and uh, I, I don't think this team is going to be very good this year. Sure. Um, you know, they, they definitely will have an improved uh, Miami Dolphins team you're going to be playing against. you got the New York Patriots, and I don't care how many people, uh, players have opted, opted out. Uh, they're probably going to find a way to, um, you know, be really close, if not win the in the East. And then they're going to do it. <laughs> Buffalo is so, going. Buffalo has a good team, but you know, New England for whatever reason, they uh, they win the division no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I think Donald's a good quarterback. You know, I, I know he had a lot of um, promise, and there was a lot of intriguing him coming out of USC. I think he's a good quarterback. Sometimes it, it's just got to be, you know, the right timing, right fit. Um, you know, it's, it's a really an under, I guess, an undecided year for him this year. Obviously, last year with the um, injury and illness, I, I guess it's just they didn't get to see as much as him we'd like. But uh, um, it appears that things have been a struggle. Um, you know, from a locker room standpoint, Gaysons, they've been there. So I just don't feel real confident about Darnold. Doesn't mean he won't be the quarterback in the future. He may be playing for a different quarterback or coach. Yep, I hear you. And it's like the uh, Cleveland Browns. You you draft so many really bad quarterbacks, eventually you start to realize that it's just you. It might not be these quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's how I feel about uh, Adam Gase and the, at the Jets. Anyway, um,. Number 28, I have Cam Newton for the Patriots. We talked about him at length, so there's not a lot to really talk about anymore. But, you know, I, I like that they place for the Patriots. They'll use his strengths. It's just, you know, injury concerns, and is he is he done? Is he going to be able to, to run the ball and, and be that dual threat for the Patriots? 29, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he wasn't kind of holding the uh, seat for Tua uh, Tagovola. I don't even know if I pronounced that last name right. Um, I would be all over him. The Dolphins like to pass a lot. Fitzpatrick is fearless. He passes all over the place. He's a good leader. He can run the offense. He, he's ran every offense in the NFL, I think. I think he's played for every team in the NFL. So, uh, he's... I, I, I like the, the Dolphins this year as an offense. I don't like them as a team. And uh, so I have Ryan Fitzpatrick at 29. At this point, though, you know, if you're doing even double quarterbacks, you're probably staying away from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sure. Yeah, um, you know, 29. This is this, – there's three people I – three or four people I can name right here. You know, one, I, I have a car just because I know he's going to be the starter. I know Derek Carr is going to be the starter for the mm-hmm. NFL season. Um, but, you know, here's some other names I'm considering. Tyree Taylor, right? um, Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles. Now, these are all people here that, you know, I, I don't have. You'll see some rankings that have Tyra Taylor in the top 20. Um, I think Tyra Taylor is a very exciting player. Some of put up points. But I just think when you draft um, Herbert and draft a quarterback that early, that's who you want to play. And uh, I don't see the Chargers being, um, you know, in playoff contention this year. I think Denver will be improved. Yeah, I got Kansas City. I just don't see that. That, that defense is going to hold them in it. I mean, I agree they're not going to be like a playoff team, but they're going to be better than what people think just because that defense is so sure. good. No, you're right. I, I think they will have a very good defense. I agree with you there. Um, you know, Tyra Taylor is, you know, if he's going to be the starter or at least half a year, he, he's going to put some points. But I think that there's going to be a push to get Herbert. Um, that's what happens when you usually draft a quarterback that early in the NFL draft. Um, you know, I think the same, and when we're talking about Tua and Fitzpatrick, like you said, um, you know, I'm not confident in Ryan, I'm sorry, in uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's going to end the season as a quarterback. It doesn't mean I'm running out to get Nick Foles either. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, all these guys, you know, that you kind of touched on, those are pretty much the leftovers of the quarterback rankings. Um, Justin Herbert, I like, they're going to try to use him, but is he going to be good when he plays? He's a rookie. Um. Tyrod Taylor, you know, he could maybe be a bi-week replacement, but you're not going to draft a guy that might not even be a quarterback after four or five weeks. 
Jarrett Stidham, you you know, maybe he does take over for Cam Newton because Cam Newton's ineffective, but you're not going to draft him. Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is the worst quarterback in the NFL. I I actually like that offense, and I just think he, you know, put gasoline on it and threw a match over it and just burned it to the ground uh, with all that potential in Chicago. And I don't see him improving, so I can see Nick Foles taking over. So you really want to stay away from those guys. You know, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, could be taken over for Philip Rivers because he ends up being ineffective. So, you know, and Kyle Allen is actually, people forget, Rivera brought Kyle Allen over from Carolina to Washington. And, you know, Alex Smith is obviously a good story, but who's to say Kyle Allen doesn't end up taking over if Haskins isn't able to uh, run Rivera's offense. And my uh, my last person I want to mention is Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. He's intriguing not because I think he's going to be quarterback, but Carson Wentz gets hurt a lot. It's a known fact. He's going to probably be the backup. As of now, he is the backup. And I think they incorporate him more into the offense as more than just a quarterback. Maybe out you know, in the slot, out wide, at running back, just to mix things up. And uh, so he could have some play value just based off of the fact that he's doing other things than playing quarterback. So um, that's pretty much the, uh, the quarterback position in a nutshell. Do you, do you have anything to add, Eric, on any of those people that I mentioned? No, I think that, you know, everybody brought up there has the potential to play some this year, if not take over ineffective, um, you know, um, starters. Um, just, you know, it's one of those things that um, unless one of them, you know, a Herbert um, or a Tua, you know, that if they step in and play really well as a rookie, maybe something you want to add as a bi-week replacement. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Rivers is someone, if you struggle, there's an injury, you've got Brissett. Uh, Brissett's a guy that played pretty well at the position. If, um, you know, you had an injury to Rivers, I think uh, Brissett's somebody you look to as a bi-week replacement. Something oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Rivers isn't getting hurt. He's going to be ineffective and get benched for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, if he were to happen to get hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not rooting for any energy, <laughs> injury whatsoever. But, uh, you know, if it were to happen, you know, there's some, there's some players you're going to look at. But these aren't players that I'm looking to draft. You know, um, you know, there's there's always that potential if you're in those keeper leagues that depending how deep your rounds are, I, you know, I like to in the keeper leagues to you know look for players uh, specifically at skill positions uh, like running back and receiver players that you can get late in a draft that you know can develop into be some prominent players. You know, but yeah, I think you keep an eye out in that Batua Herbert, um, like said Hurts. Um, those are you know players that you might want to take the flyer at the end of the round instead of drafting, you know, a, a second tight end that's, you know, going to catch two passes and play one by week, so. Exactly. No, I, I would agree with you. So, I, I think, you know, that will do it for today on our show. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. This is the uh, Burke and Miz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at Ms. Montalban. Or you can email me at mismontalban at gmail.com if you have any fancy football questions. And thanks for joining us on our QB rankings. We'll see you next time.